Who on this roster might be trade bait if things don't turn around soon? This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Happern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Very important to like and subscribe and comment there. That way you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted because this is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode being brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On MLB, get $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. The weekend is upon us and the boys are back home finally. I know they had that quick two game set with the Royals, but the guys have been on the road a lot recently, 13 out of their last 15 games to be exact. And that's not an excuse for poor play, but it's a fact that most baseball teams do play better at home than they do on the road. The Cardinals are 26 and 37 on the year. They're 11 games under 500. They're in last place in the NL central, eight games out of first, a half game behind the fourth place Cubs and three games back of third place Cincinnati, who is now in town this weekend. The team is 14 and 21 on the road this year. They're 12 and 16 at home. Now, neither of those numbers are any good, <laughs> but the winning percentage is better at home. That's just math. In their last nine games at home, they're six and three against the Brewers, the Dodgers, and the Royals. And we talked about the John Mosellock article yesterday, and twice he's mentioned that he doesn't view this team as being sellers at the trade deadline, but rather hoping that they'll be in a position to improve the club not strip it down and be trading off pieces, but worst case scenario. Okay. The the Cardinals don't, don't come out of this hole that they dug themselves through April and May. They continue to hover below 500. And as you creep toward the trade deadline on August the 1st, the reality is that this team is cooked and 2023 is over. Okay. If that happens, what sort of players do the Cardinals have on this roster? Who do they possess that could become trade chips at the trade deadline, okay? Rob Reigns at STL Sports page must have been reading my mind the other day when I planned this show because on Thursday, he drops an article talking about this very same thing. Now, before we get into this, I also asked you, the listeners, to send in suggestions about different different trades, you know, guys that you'd want to try and acquire to improve the team. And we're going to do that in segment two. All right. We're going to talk about, you know, the, the the best case scenario that the Cardinals do get out of this and are still relevant in the division and perhaps the wild card and that, uh, you know, maybe they, they can make a playoff push. So we'll get into that in segment two. Because here on June 9th, it's very, very premature to say whether or not the team is a buyer or a seller yet. Okay. There's still almost two months to the deadline and things can obviously change for the better or for the worse between now and then. So we got to kind of prepare ourselves for both things. So we're going to talk about both of them today. And the most likely players 
who could be moved are usually players with expiring contracts. Okay. Rob points this out in his article as well. They are players who are set to hit free agency at the end of the season. You're not sure if you're going to resign them. You don't know whether or not they even want to come back to you. So you see if someone wants to take a flyer on them as a rental for their playoff push. Those names, the big ones, are Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery, Paul DeYoung, and Jordan Hicks. Now, I talked about Jack Flaherty, Monty, and DeYoung yesterday. Okay? Flaherty, if he continues to do what he's been doing, which has been really, really good, 2.06 ERA in his last six starts. Team is 5-1 and one in those games. He's obviously going to garner a lot of attention. 27 years old. Now, the injury history is something that some people might go, I don't know, but let's not forget what the Yankees just did last year with Frankie Montas. Remember that? Everybody wanted Frankie. Okay, the Yankees went after him. People wanted the Cardinals to trade for him. I told you he was busted up goods. He's not really that great in the first place. He's hurt. The Yankees trade for him anyway and got bupkis out of him. Nothing. Still isn't pitching this year. A horrible trade for the Yankees. Huge mistake, right? So people, despite injury histories, <laughs> are willing to trade at the trade deadline, hoping that that will get them a World Series championship. The Yankees traded with the Cardinals last year. Harrison Bader was hurt when the when the, when the the Cardinals traded him. But they were banking that he'd come back from his injury and be okay. And he was pretty good for him last year. So the injury stuff, as long as nothing major happens between now and the deadline with Flaherty, I mean, he could be like the crown jewel of trade pieces in Major League Baseball at the deadline. It's a possibility. And you can't argue with the results that he's seen in the last month. He's been very, very good. Uh, Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery right now, um, numbers haven't been great since his really nice start to the season. But he's a left-handed starter. He's always going to be coveted. And what he did with the team last year after they got him, remember how great he was when he first came over from the Yankees, how he started this year? I think that shows how good he can be, and I think people will want that. Paul DeYoung, I know he's worn out his welcome here in St. Louis for a lot of people, but he's put together kind of a productive season here. Could be a nice bench piece for someone, or if an injury occurs to a, a team starting shortstop who's a contender. He could get you something decent. I'm not saying he's going to get you like a top-of-the-line prospect, but he could get you something. Something's better than nothing. But then there's Jordan Hicks, who Jordan Hicks, neck and neck with Flaherty is maybe your top trade chip for the Cardinals. I, I think I give the edge to Flaherty because he's a starter, but I gave you the numbers yesterday on what Hicks has been doing. Hasn't given up a run in his last 10 appearances, going back to May 5th, 18 Ks over 12 and a third innings, four walks. Opponents are only hitting 100 against him over this stretch. Throws 103. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff here with Jordan Hicks. I don't want to trade Jordan Hicks. I I'd rather lock him up and continue to have him along with Gallegos and Housley as your top three arms in the pen for the next few years. But if someone wants to fork over some top-level prospects, you got to think about it, okay? You got to do your due diligence. 
Tyler O'Neill is obviously a name that people have talked about wanting to trade for quite some time now. And uh, he can become a free agent after the 2024 season, but he's hurt. So unless he returns and proves he can stay healthy and actually produce because he wasn't doing much of anything before the injury anyway, I doubt you're going to find a team that's desperate enough to give you what you feel he's actually worth. You know, you'd be selling low on him, which is never good business. But he certainly seems like a change of scenery type of player right now, doesn't he? That might be needed for him to resurrect his career. I've loved Tyler O'Neill for the last few years, and I you see the potential, but he's kind of worn out his welcome. He can't stay on the field. He hasn't been really that productive in two years. You see what he can be at times, but we haven't seen him reach those levels in quite some time. The name I've brought up a couple times because he's just so darn flexible and he's just a really good baseball player is Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond, uh, I mean, your middle infield. Let's let's think about this for a minute because people are going to be like, whoa, what? And Rob Rains brings up Tommy Edmond in his article too, but I brought up Tommy Edmond the other day. Your middle infield has a lot of guys right now. You've got Mason Wynn seemingly on track to be with the club next year. You've got Brendan Donovan, who is the ultimate Swiss Army knife, a lot like Tommy Edmond. He just doesn't have the speed of Tommy. But he can play shortstop, second, third, first, outfield. And then you've got Nolan Gorman, who, although not a great defender, can play second base. He can play third base. Obviously, the DH role works great for him. And it kind of makes Tommy Edmonds somewhat expendable if the price is right. You do not have to trade Tommy Edmond. That's not where we're at here. He, he's not an expiring contract. That's not the issue. And again, I he Tommy Edmond is a guy I do not want to trade. You know, I don't want to trade him for all the reasons why someone would want him. Elite level defense, switch hitter, speed, great teammate, 28 years old, two years of team control left. Normally you build around a guy like this, but if someone approaches you with a monster package, and I'm talking like they're two of their top three prospects, and those guys happen to be two of the top, I don't know, 30 in rankings of prospects throughout the league, especially if they're pitchers, you got to consider it, right? You got to consider it. Dylan Carlson's stock has probably plummeted a bit, so I can't see him being worth as much to someone else as he as he would be to the Cardinals. Again, you'd be selling low on a guy who just a couple years ago was your top prospect, and in a healthy rookie year, he finished third in the rookie of the year voting. He just hasn't stayed healthy last year or this year. I personally am not ready to give up on Dylan Carlson yet. I understand why some fans want to. I get it. I know people are still butthurt about his name being floated around as the key piece to the Juan Soto trade last year, which has been debunked. That apparently was not the case. But people are over him. I get it, but I, I still think you got to give him a shot. Uh, Reigns also mentions Alec Burleson, Luke and Baker, Juan Yepes, Hennessy Cabrera, Jake Woodford, and Ryan Helsley as guys who could be moved but still have years of team control. Now, Helsley would clearly, if you look at those names, you're like, oh, well, he's clearly the biggest piece out of that group. But again, you don't have to move them unless 
a package is presented to you that is so overwhelming that you can't say no. Uh, those other guys mentioned there, like Burleson and Baker, Yepes, Cabrera, Woodford, those are guys I feel like would be better suited in a package to acquire a player. I, I don't think you're going to get a lot in return for them as individual players. But if you package them with some other guys that will be worth more to other teams, that would be more ideal in my mind. You know, um, not so much as part of a rebuild, but as part of bringing more talent in. You know what I mean? So let me know your thoughts on who you'd trade. Out of the guys we just went through there, who who you wouldn't or would trade in the comment section down below? Maybe some of those guys you're like, hell no, I am not trading Helsley or Hicks. Maybe you want to keep Flaherty. Maybe you want to try to resign. Maybe that's you. Let me know down below. And uh, in the comments on YouTube, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, up next, we're going to see what the fan suggestions are on making trades to improve this team on Locked on Cardinals. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. In fact, it should be fun. It should be fun picking out seats to your favorite events. Game time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With great deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for the fun you're about to have in those wonderful seats. You know, maybe you're trying to get down to the ballpark this weekend to uh, check out the Cardinals back in town. You know, the, the Reds got their top prospect, Ellie De La Cruz, coming in town. He, he's something to watch, you guys. Maybe you want some good seats. Go get them at game time. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event with exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee also means you'll always get the best seats. If you find tickets in the same section and the same row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can believe in them. Tickets will get sent directly to your phone. You don't have to dig through your emails. It's very nice. It's very convenient. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Cardinals are back home this weekend against the Cincinnati Reds, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. My everydayers know I want you involved in this show as much as possible. And a couple shows ago, I asked you to be the GM. You be John Mosellock, president of baseball operations, and suggest some guys you think the team should go after to improve this club. Uh, we're going to start here with David leading off. And he says the Angels can have O'Neill and Carlson plus Team Kent, Gordon Graceffo, and Alec Burleson for Shohei Otani, but a realistic trade. O'Neal Burleson for Bieber. Shane Bieber from uh, the Guardians is who he's talking about because the Guardians need some guys who hit homers. Uh, the Otani thing. Let's start here. Um, thank you, David, for dropping a line here. The Otani thing is always intriguing, right? Because if the Angels decide they can't sign him, do they hang on to him anyways? Because right now, looking at the standings, the four games over four are over 500. Seven and a half back of first place, Texas, but they're two and a half out of the wild card. So they're definitely still in playoff contention. They've uh, locked up Mike Trout. I mean, what kind of message are you sending to him 
if you're going to let Otani walk or you're going to trade him. Do the Angels make another run with him and hope they can hang on to him when he reaches free agency? Because he's going to do it. It's a big gamble. It's a big gamble for L.A. Uh, Personally, I don't think he's leaving the L.A. area. I think he either stays with the Angels, re-signs with them, which I think is a distinct possibility. I think he's comfortable there. I think he likes it. Him and Trout together. And then you got to build around him. Or I think he goes to the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers have been saving up the last couple years, letting people walk. Guys like Corey Seager, letting them walk. Cody Bellinger. You know, they're let they're letting these guys go. Justin Turner, they they let them go. They didn't resign them, and they have plenty of money to spend. Obviously, so I think they're gearing up for a big run at uh, Shohei. So I think he stays in L.A. Either way, I just don't know which team. Uh, Shane Bieber is a name that the Cardinals, Cardinals fans, I should say, uh, have clamored for the last couple of seasons. And the funny thing is, is as much grief that is given to the NL Central for not being good, you know, everybody's like, NL Central stinks, right? The AL Central is just as bad, if not worse. In fact, they are worse right now because Minnesota is in first place with a losing record at 31 and 32. Cleveland is a game and a half back of them, so they're certainly still in it. And Bieber is still under team control until 2025. And I'm guessing that a, a busted up, broken Tyler O'Neill and an injury plague Dylan Carlson is not exactly the ammo it would take to pry him from Northern Ohio. And the Guardians don't have to trade him right now. You know, they, they still have a chance to get into this thing. They went to the playoffs last year. So trading their top pitcher doesn't really seem like the smartest move, does it? But again, like I was mentioning in the last segment, if the, a package is presented to them, got to think about it. Uh, Dylan suggests whether the cards punt on the season or not, a trade I have wanted for a while is for Dylan Cease. He'd make an impact this year and beyond as he has team control. A deal centered around Yvonne Herrera, Gordon Graceffo, Cooper Jerpy should get the White Sox attention. Depending on the season outlook or how much of a shakeup you're looking for, a trade like this could be expanded to include a Liam Hendricks for bullpen help this season or a Dylan Carlson, Luis Robert swap for a couple change of scenery guys. Um, let's get into this one. This is a decent one. The White Sox are having a disappointing year, just like, just like the Cardinals. They're at 28 and 36, but again, guess where they play the AL central. So with that record, they are still just three and a half games back of the twins, but let's say they continue down this path and they're still bad and they really fall out of things. I think a guy like Dylan Cease will be highly coveted by a lot of teams. So you have to remember that you're going to be competing against others to try to get them. But your suggestion of Herrera, Graceffo, Jerpy for Cease, that's not too shabby. Um, We go to that Baseball Trade Values website, which, again, you got to remember when you go to this website, like it's for fun. You know, there's plenty of arguments to go around about. When, it, when they showed what the trade value worth of each guy is, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> how, how is this trade value either so high or so bad? But there's a science to it. And again, we do this for fun. But if you go to this website, um, they have Cease is actually worth more than that package. So it's more than Herrera, Graceffo, and Jerpy. Graceffo's been hurt. I don't know. I mean, he's supposed to be coming back here soon, but I, I think it was a shoulder 
So you might have to sub out one of those guys and insert Teen Kentz instead to get it done. So let's throw this one up there. Let's go Hens, Herrera, and Graceffo combo. Let's see if this works. All right, there you go. Graceffo, Hens, Herrera, total value 49.80. Dylan Cease value 46.80. So according to that website, this would work. This would work. Does it work for the White Sox? I don't know. Uh, I've wanted Robert since the Cardinals missed out on signing him from Cuba. So if we want to go nuts, let's get nuts. Like Michael Keaton's Batman. I can't wait for that new Flash movie, by the way. I want to see that badly. Uh, let's put a mega deal together. So let's go Cease, Robert, and Hendricks. And i got to add up some pieces here. So Carlson, O'Neal, Hentz, Graceffo, Herrera, Woodford. It's a lot of dudes. There you go. You can see the trade on YouTube. C. Hendricks, Robert, Carlson, Graceffo, Hentz, Herrera, O'Neal, Woodford. Now, Tyler's still got, what is that, 18.2? So total values here. White Sox are trading 101.9. They're getting in return 105. Would you hate that? Would you guys be able to live with this trade? I think I could live with that. I don't think I'd hate that. Cease is under control until 2026. Robert until 2025. Then a couple of club options after that. Hendricks has just a club option for next year. And then he is a free agent. But, you know, he's coming off beating cancer this past year to return to the show, which has been a fantastic story. Good for him. Uh, some people have also suggested going after Lucas Giolito from the White Sox, which is another name to watch. He's going to be a, a free agent after the year. But that's a... That's a pretty good mega deal right there. I, I mean, is it enough? I don't know. If I'm the White Sox, there's no way in hell I'm trading Robert for anybody. But, you know, again, if a huge package is put at you, you got to think about it. So give me your thoughts on this deal in the comments down below, please. We'll talk about this weekend series against the Reds and their new, new superstar in the making, Ellie De La Cruz. It's coming to Bush. We'll talk about it next on Locked on Cardinals. Summer is here, and if you want to look your best but also be comfortable at the same time, then, my friends, let me introduce you to your new favorite shorts. They're called Bird Dogs, stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. You don't have to wear those baggy shorts anymore, guys. It's not, it's not cool. Nobody wears those anymore. They just make your legs disappear. Girls hate that. Bird dogs do the exact same thing as Lululemon shorts do, but they fit way better because they're not made of stiff, restricting cotton that frankly just doesn't feel good. You know, they move with you. They use a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches. That way you get the slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They're super, super comfortable. I love them. I think you're going to love them too. And an extra bonus to them is they use the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Avoid that uncomfortable sweaty mess that builds up down below. You know what I'm talking about when you're at a game or at an outdoor concert this summer. Nobody likes it. I call it duck butter. Nobody likes that. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. Enter that promo code locked on MLB. And they're also going to throw in one of the free Yeti style tumblers with every order. I actually have one of these. You can see them uh, up on the screen right now on YouTube. Uh, you can put all sorts of beverages in here. You can uh, fill it up with B, I mean, soda. Uh, 
What about margaritas? Stuff like that. Stuff that you could take to the pool. We're having a pool day tomorrow. And uh, I'm using my my Bird Dogs Yeti Tumbler tomorrow. That's birddogs.com slash MLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. The Cardinals will have Jordan Montgomery on the mound tonight against Ben Lively of the Reds, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals and the Reds split their series in Cincinnati just a couple of weeks ago, but that was a Reds team who did not have the newest prize of the prospect world, Ellie De La Cruz, on their roster. If you have not heard about this young man yet, oh. 21 years old, 6'5", 200 pounds, shortstop third baseman, switch hitter, elite level power, speed, got a cannon for an arm. He's a five-tool player, but I'm going to give him a six. He's a six-tool player because you know what else he brings? Swagger, charisma, along with all the physical attributes that he has. The Cardinals have a guy very, very similar to what Ellie De La Cruz is in Jordan Walker. You know, they've both been considered two of the top prospects in the game coming into the season. ESPN uh, had De La Cruz at number one. MLB Pipeline's got Walker at number one. The only real difference between these guys, I mean, the switch hitting, they don't play the play, same positions. De La Cruz is an infielder. Um, Walker has made that transition out of third base and, and is in the outfield already. But it's just their demeanor. You know, Walker's got that low-key, quiet demeanor, kind of keeps to himself, where De La Cruz is gold chains and a flash and flair. And he's ignited this Reds team, along with fellow rookie Matt McClain, into an energetic bunch that does what the Cardinals don't appear to do much of, and that's have fun while playing the game of baseball. You know, the Reds are 29-34. and 34. That's not a good record. Overall, they're not a very good team. But you wouldn't know it by watching them play because they play with an energy and an exuberance that the Cardinals just don't possess right now. And they got to find it. Cruz made his debut on Tuesday night, and the Reds immediately put him into the cleanup role, put him right into the cleanup spot. The Cardinals continue to bury Jordan Walker in the bottom third of their order. Now, of course, the Reds do not have guys like Arenado and Goldschmidt and Contreras. They don't have those pieces in their lineup. But they wanted him to make an impact right away. And uh, Jordan Walker, it's like, you know, the Cardinals are using the, you know, they're babying him a little bit. Like, you, know, you just stay down there for a little bit. Let's just see what you can do. But De La Cruz, he's answered the bell. Four for 11 with a single, double, triple, two ribbies, a stolen base, and a mammoth 458-foot home run that almost left the stadium in Cincinnati. He's also struck out six times in those 11 at-bats, so hopefully the Cardinals paid attention to how the Dodgers pitched him. The Reds ended up winning two of three from L.A. in their most recent series. Both of those were come-from-behind wins. One of them was a walk-off win in games one and two, and then Kershaw came in uh, yesterday and said, shut up, <laughs> shut him down. Um, the Reds come into St. Louis, though. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Not that big a deal, right? But it's a team who is definitely enjoying this youth movement and has a lot of energy behind them. And the Cardinals are going to have to step up their intensity. I compare this series to a sibling rivalry. For years, the older brother, the Cardinals, have been able to have their way with little brother. And now little brother is growing up a little bit and is starting to, to fill out. And, and getting a little bit muscular and is starting to feel good about themselves. And now little brother 
is starting to think they can beat up Big Brother and take them. And they're like sharks in the water right now. You know, there's cardinal red blood in the water in the NL Central, and the whole division can smell it. They can all smell it. Pittsburgh just took three big chunks out of the Cardinals when they when they played, swept them. Red, see that? See that they just came from behind and beat the Dodgers a couple times? Why can't they come in and beat the Cardinals? They have no fear whatsoever. So this is a series where the Cardinals have a chance to say, hey, Reds, I respect what you're doing, and I know that we aren't playing great baseball at this moment, but here's a reminder that you're still the little brother in the division. So take a cute little Viking helmet and outfit and let us show you how it's done. Or the Reds can come in, kick the birds while they're down, rip their souls out, take their girlfriends, take their pride, and leave them buried in the division where they found them. Just throw a little more dirt on top of the Cardinals' grave. I like the first scenario better. That's what I'm rooting for, but it's up to the guys. The guys got to stand up for themselves. They got to say enough is enough. Arenado, Goldschmidt, Contreras, Wainwright, Michaelis. All these veterans, they need to stand up in front of these guys and go, look, we're the St. Louis Cardinals. This stops today. Enough of this. This is not how we do it in St. Louis. This is not what baseball heaven is about. It's time to snap out of it, you know? They got to prove to everyone they still have some juice and some testicular fortitude to take this division back. And they have a chance to do it in this series. Because if they get blown away by the Reds, or even if they don't get blown away, but they lose two of three, or heaven forbid, get swept, I don't know if there's a recovery from that. I really don't know. Some good news. Dylan Carlson played right field last night for Memphis, went two for four with a double, an RBI, run scored. He also walked, could be activated today. That'd be a nice boost to the team. Be nice to have him back. Still have not seen anything on Lars Newbar. No idea what's going on with him, but this is a big series. It's a big series. You want to get back into this thing, you got to beat the people in your division because you don't play them as much as you used to. And it's a chance to show that, hey, we're not done yet. We may be the veterans in this division, but we're not we're not done. We still got something here. And they should feel that way. The roster that the Cardinals have is better than the Cincinnati Reds. And it's time they start playing like it. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast for the upcoming series this weekend against De La Cruz and the Reds with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube to help our channel grow. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. 